Anyhow. Hey, Adam. Did you watch anything gay recently? No, but I did rewatch this movie about a teenage boy who has like a big secret about himself that he keeps from his parents and like only some of his very close friends know about the secret and then it sort of gets out once he starts high school okay but that sounds really gay everybody welcome to okay but is it gay this season we're doing okay but that was gay where we're doing queer readings of your favorite movies (laughs) (laughs) sky high is someone's favorite movie someone out there sky high was definitely child me's one of one of my favorite movies as a youth yeah it It is it is a quality childhood film war and peace top 10 like middle school crushes oh yes absolutely even though his name is terrible (laughs) i like puns so a pun in the name though and that's like all of their names too Mm -hmm. yeah it's great Mm. there's only so much corniness a person can handle before like you just explode Mm. a little bit this is why we can't do more decoms on this podcast. <laughs> you just, you need to space them out. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel judged. <laughs> no. Uh, this week we have no guests, but that's okay. It's old school. It's nostalgic. <laughs> just like Sky High. <laughs> You're right. It's thematically appropriate. Hell yeah. Uh, quick trigger warnings before we get into discussion. Not too many. This is, like, you know, a G-rated Disney movie. We are going to talk about, however, um, ableism, homophobia, homophobia specifically, like, coming from a parent, um, systematic, like, oppression and abuses, uh, there's violence in this movie, people's agency gets taken away. I believe that is it. There's also a really weird age gap situation going on. Oh, that I yes. don't know how to feel about. There's a sort of a, a romantic deception that happens and an age gap that is not apparent to one of the parties becomes apparent. You've seen Sky High. It's just so icky. They really gloss over that, I feel like. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, they make it into like a comedy beat during the big action set piece at the end. And it's yeah, like, Will and... Will needs therapy about that. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> this is a movie about a world where superheroes and supervillains very normal. And we center on William Stronghold. Uh, Terrible the... name. He's the son of legally distinct from Superman and legally distinct from Wonder Woman. And ostensibly, he should have inherited one or both of their superpowers genetically, and he hasn't, and he has been pretending to have superpowers. Normal gay kid stuff. Normal gay kid stuff. (laughs) And, you know, he can't keep this up as he starts high school at Sky High is a school specifically for like superpowered youth that has none of the infrastructure that you would expect of such no, an establishment. It's specifically a school for the children of superheroes, which feels weird because mm-hmm. what about potential heroes with ordinary parents? Why are they automatically excluded? Mm-hmm. This is Perhaps another layer on top of, okay, the, the movie's thesis is the institution, ostensibly, the movie's thesis is the institution of Sky High is imperfect and reflective of larger, like, systemic, like, inequalities in this world. 
and in the world of the superheroes specifically. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is an exclusive private school for children of superheroes is a part of that, intentionally or unintentionally. And that that makes sense and that works. I just wish they acknowledged at like some point because I don't think they acknowledged this ever. No. It's like just weirdly assumed, I guess, that you can only be a superhero if your parents were. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Because this is primarily a movie about, like, living up to expectations of lineage. Yeah, definitely. And you sometimes you can't live up to your parents' lineage when you're queer. You just can't do it. This movie keeps so close to having a really great ending. Yeah. And then it, it didn't. And I'm just up, so upset about it. The world building is so strong and it sets up this system. It, like, tells you about the system. It demonstrates the ways in which the system is fucked up. And then it makes the system hurt the main characters over and over again. And it makes you, like, understand how the system is harmful. And the ways in which it produces, actively produces supervillains, like not just Royal Pain, but all of her minions, like Speed and Lash and Penny, are all products of this system. If it was better, they simply would not have gone the way that they the way that they went. And then it completely mm-hmm. fumbles the ball in the third act. Yeah. Our queer reading of the, at least mine, like aligns like the ways in which queerness and disability are very connected uh especially when you talk about like queer studies specifically because like queerness of body queerness of like state of being is a thing in like queer studies and disability studies and so will as someone in this world of superpowered people as someone who is ordinary is positioned as being both like disabled in some ways and queer like he's literally unable to interact with a lot of the infrastructure around him be or is actively harmed by it because he doesn't have any superpowers um and also the ways in which he is different and the ways in which he is different from his parents different from his peers and the ways that he like internalizes that difference is like super aligned with the ways in which queer kids internalize their own differences from their peers and their parents that's such a good point is that is that from your paper (laughs) okay (laughs) i wasn't gonna talk about i wrote a graduate thesis that was partially going to be about this movie and then i ended up dropping that because i ran out of time uh so i do have (laughs) i do have that that essay is is uh 10 pages long and i have it open here okay great so i will sit here and make encouraging noises as you read through these 10 pages i'm very or or (laughs) or i could not humiliate myself on our podcast more than i already do normally but this sounds like a great paper a thought no um okay well you could share it on the patreon at least when that exists <laughs> yeah. That's simply what will happen. If you pledge two dollars a month, you can see all of my little footnotes that I had to put in because my graduate advisor insisted that people wouldn't know what pyrokinetics was. Um what they have access to Google. <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, that's weird. I have here a list of things that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. What's the first one? Uh, power placement is bullshit. Yes. Oh, my God. Will? I am so angry watching that scene. Every mm-hmm. Like, the, the um, audition scene. I don't know what else to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so gross for so... Like, first of all, mm-hmm. why do they not have to demonstrate their powers when they apply to the school? Mm-hmm. Why on earth is that not a thing that's happening? Because it's just expected that they have these powers. But they still, like, have to see them all to to do the placement thing. So why not at least for that purpose would they, mm-hmm. like, do this ahead of time? Yeah, like, the thing 
is that I don't think it's supposed to make sense if you are being compassionate to the children. Mm. Like, this is the the moment in the movie, the first time that we are like, the movie is like, hey, here it is an imbalanced system that actively harms all of our main characters. Here it is demonstrated as all of the freshmen are herded into the gym and one by one they have to demonstrate their abilities so that the gym teacher, traditionally, like, you know, the trope is that the gym teacher is the least qualified of any educator in, a, in an average high school. Mm-hmm. And he arbitrarily assigns whether or not they are going to be a superhero or a sidekick. Like, we have this binary and we have this, like, elevated class, oppressed class presented to us right away. It's like, this is the movie turning to the camera and saying, hey, isn't this fucked up? Watch us dismantle this system for the rest of the movie. And then whether or not it succeeds at that is up for debate. The gym teacher is also very casually and for comedic purposes abusive to these students. Yes! It's so... Assault and battery charges for Boomer. Yeah, yeah, really. He's, like, literally kicking them and throwing them around the room. He's, like, mocking their powers if he doesn't think they're cool enough. Which, what, does the gym teacher? Oh, yeah, he does. He does the sonic voice thing. Um, And then the one guy, he just, like, slaps his ass and that felt bad. He launches, like, Will gets up and he's like, I don't have any powers. And he's very embarrassed because he wasn't prepared to stand in front of all of his peers. Like, they are setting these children up to be bullied. They are saying, in-universe, Boomer is going, okay, some of you are going to be part of an elevated class. Some of you are going to be part of an oppressed class. Memorize who gets placed and get ready to pick on your classmates. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, and like... It's good that the movie is doing this. It's, like, a good piece of world building and a good way to set up the system. Like, it's good writing. And the fact that we are so grossed out by it is, like, the point. So Will gets up and he's like, I don't have any powers. And Boomer, because he knows who his parents are, who Will's parents are, is like, you are fucking with me right now. And... Drops a car on top of him, first of all, to be like, of course you have super strength. <laughs> Let's uh, just murder a child. <laughs> yeah, in front of all of his peers. I don't think he'd care about that if he was dead, but I mean. And then launches him first into a concrete pillar and then he falls onto the wooden bleachers and could have just broken his spine. That could have happened. A lot of you students are thrown into concrete pillars in this movie. And just yes. get up and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. This school doesn't seem particularly equipped to protect children or keep them safe, which is maybe like we could read this as a statement about schools in general in the U.S. I think it kind of is because Sky High, if nothing else, this movie says being a high schooler is like the worst thing possible. That's, that's like, yes. the thesis of this movie, actually. It's not the intended thesis, mm-hmm. but it is the thesis. High school is just as bad as you think it is. Actually, it's worse. They're oh. being thrown into pillars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we immediately see the results of this, like, stratified, like, class system, right? Because everyone goes into the cafeteria, and immediately, like, Zach and Will and their friends are actively being bullied by kids who got placed in the hero track because they got placed in the sidekick track. Yeah, I would still be afraid to bully Will, I'm going to be honest, just because of who his parents were. Like, if I bought into this whole thing, Mm -hmm. I would leave Will alone. Yeah. But does that say something about how bought in all of these kids are to the system? Like, it doesn't matter who his parents are. He's in the sidekick track. Like, Mr. Boy, who who we meet later, was a sidekick and was... The commander, Will's Will's dad's sidekick. And that gets him absolutely no clout. To be fair, he was treated pretty terribly by uh, Will's dad, it seemed. Right. I also hate the name Mr. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that so much. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about Layla. Uh, Layla is Will's childhood best friend. They are next door neighbors. You can tell 
from the very first scene that they are in together that they're going to be love interests and fall in love and blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. Um, She's too good for him, but that's whatever. I think they're both gay. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to, like, disagree with you. Honestly, the scene of Layla when she's... And this happens so much later, when she goes on the kind of fake date with War and Peace. um, Yeah. That that did feel incredibly gay. Um, It just did. Yeah. Like, why else? I don't know. Even if... Like, they're framing it like Layla is just super into Will, and that's why um, she's not into Warren. But I say Warren has such great chemistry with literally everyone that that's impossible mm-hmm. to be immune to unless she's gay. Mm-hmm. She thinks that she's in love with her best friend, but really she just loves him and is displacing that into romantic feelings. And that happens. That happens all the time. Yeah, I would never uh, bought into their romance. It felt incredibly forced. Like, just because they are next-door neighbors, like, it was supposed to happen or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Layla has uh, what would traditionally be a very, like, impressive, powerful superpower. Uh, we see her, like, demonstrate it in the Stronghold's house. She, like, can make plants grow, like... They have some herbs in their window and she passes her hand over them and they like stop wilting and are stronger now. Uh, She refuses to participate in power placement and even calls it like fascist. She's like, this sounds fascist, Um, which is like both a a hyperbolic thing for a teenager to say and literally true. I don't understand why she's at sky high because she also says later, like, I refuse to use my powers unless it's like absolutely necessary or whatever. Um, So Mm -hmm. why are you at a high school where you're going to be expected to use your powers all the time? Because her mom can talk to animals. But but like she just agreed. I don't know. And we don't even see them like argue about it or anything. She seemed like fine to go there. And, like, maybe she's there to learn how to use her powers in, like, more interesting ways. Like, she can't do lemons. Later, she, like, grows an apple tree in order to, like, get up to where Will is sulking on a roof. Um, And she is, like, when life gives you lemons and hands him an apple. And she's like, I can't do lemons. Maybe she's there to learn how to do lemons. And this school simply is not equipped to teach her how to do lemons. Yeah, maybe. I wish, like, we would get more of that then. Because she's super fascinating, just in general, as a character. Yeah. And she's reduced to a pretty girlfriend. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to do four of these movies. They were supposed to do freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. What? Yeah. I don't understand what more they possibly (laughs) could have done with this story because of the way they ended this movie. We could get Layla learning how to do lemons. But like, but just the way they wrapped up this first movie, unless they originally uh-huh. wanted a different ending, which is fine. Uh-huh. But it, it does not leave room for more. I don't know. I mean, you could do the thing of maybe the second movie realizes that the first one fumbled the ball, you know? Like, Will Will does get superpowers. Spoilers. And he literally gets the two most iconic superpowers you can get. He gets both super strength and supersonic flight, which completely breaks the metaphor and allegory that the movie set up. Like, Will overcomes the system by no longer being a part of a marginalized group. Not by making the group not marginalized, but just removing himself from that group. By just being straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the movie got scared of its own story. Yeah. It's really disappointing. The thing that I wrote in my essay, mm-hmm. god damn it, is <laughs> that the system isn't equipped to handle someone like Layla because she doesn't want to be a traditional superhero in the first place. Maybe the thing she wants to do with her powers is like regrow devastated forests, you mm-hmm. know? And that would be lovely. Yeah, and they're simply, and like, maybe this is what the second movie is about, is getting... (laughs) (laughs) Making Layla the main character. Yes, and putting systems in place that support her journey to being a superpowered ecologist. 
Because there are literally only two tracks that mm-hmm. anyone in this school can go through. And that's simply not how people work. Yeah. And, like, the movie is saying this in some ways. It's like, no, we shouldn't have this, like, stratified class system. But also, you should have support for kids who do want to be traditional superheroes or who would go who would do really well in support roles who want to be like oracle um and people who want to be ecologists with superpowers (laughs) like layla just wants to take ap classes so she can get into a botany program and that should be a thing that should be able to happen and it simply is not the movie says the binary is bad and then says, we're going to stick with the binary, though. Mm-hmm. The binary is bad unless you benefit from the binary, in which case, good job. <laughs> good job, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there was a previous uh, Disney Channel original movie called uh, Up, Up, and Away, and it is mm-hmm. this movie. It's literally it's this movie. But instead of being set in, like, a school setting, it's more of a family setting. It stars Scott, who is, you know, 14, and he is expected to have developed or inherited some sort of superpower from his superpowered parents, who are very who are very famous. Both of his siblings, despite one being older and one being younger, have developed their superpowers already, and he, you know fakes having flight and super super strength like his dad and his grandfather in order to make his parents proud and then it turns out that the thing that he needs in order to save the day because his family gets captured the thing that he needs is to not be super powered because they trap them with like you know the movie's version of kryptonite which he is immune to because he is mundane so he never gets superpowers yeah that's so good yeah oh god (laughs) that's so frustrating whatever it's Mm -hmm. fine sky high could have given us that Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) and we get lots of little moments of his like his parents his siblings and his grandparents being like you didn't have to lie to us we're sorry that we set up a situation where you felt like you had to, we are going to change and be better people so that you can thrive in this environment. We love you. I love how you said that really aggressively. <laughs> Did they also say it really aggressively? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I am literally autistic. You want me to control my tone? I am teasing. <laughs> I'm just going to think about what Sky High could have been now for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. We could have mm-hmm. had this. <laughs> we should have just made this a Sky High Up, Up, and Away double feature. If you want us to talk about Up, Up, and Away in more detail, uh, you got to give us $25. <laughs> we will call it The Better Sky High. <laughs> um, Sky High is Up, Up, and Away, but with a better budget. Hmm. <laughs> and yet it's worse mm-hmm. uh, so like I said Will does get superpowers how does he get superpowers well uh, there's a kid in school his name is War and Peace and his mom is a superhero and his dad is a supervillain I want to know and... more about them yes! sorry like I just I cannot stop thinking about his parents amazing like the why is the story not about War and Peace mm-hmm like, Will, Will's journey is interesting and good until he gets two whole superpowers. Yeah, then it's but boring and stupid. Again, I... Yeah. See, if we had gotten those other three movies, we could get a deep dive. Into War and Peace? Yeah. And Layla. And Zack. Yeah, maybe. Because Zack and Magenta's love story. Um, I was always but, surprised okay. Magenta War- was straight. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> She, she, no. <laughs> that girl is bisexual and she has found her fluffy haired gamer boy. Okay. 
the way that the two of them interact, like during the prom scene where he's like, he's actively like dancing off beat and she's just standing there and he's like, you want to dance? And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, cool. Me neither. And stops dancing. Cutest shit I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I do love their <laughs> dynamic. I'm not, I don't want to take away from that. Believe me. Magenta likes boys. She is not straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're right. But we were talking about War and Peace. We should go back to him. Yes. You had things to say. Warren. I also have things to Warren's say. Warren's mom is a superhero. His dad is a supervillain. His dad is currently in jail. He's serving like 10 consecutive life sentences because Will's dad took him down. The two of them are set up both by the system and by their peers to be nemeses. This is a problem because Will doesn't have any superpowers. And so when a fight gets started... I don't remember how the fight starts. I feel like Speed and Lash are involved. Speed and Lash are the school bullies. They oh, I do remember how it started because I just watched that yeah, scene, go. actually. Um, they, yeah, Speed and, what is it, Flash, you said? Lash. Lash? Oh, God, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, they trip Will, so he, like, spills his food on Warren in the cafeteria. Mm. And then and Warren thinks that he is picking a fight with him. Right. And then Will is stupid and says, like, just because my dad put yours in jail or something. And then Mm -hmm. uh, Warren starts throwing fireballs everywhere. Yes. The stress of this fight causes Will's super strength to kick in and he throws Warren through a wall. Yeah. How? And then he just keeps getting up like literally nothing happened. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a bloody nose. Maybe that's the infrastructure. Maybe everything's really cheap and, like, soft. And so it's really easy to replace rather than preventing fights. It's just that they don't get as hurt in them. That also seems really dangerous, though, since the skull is literally in the sky and everyone has superpowers. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I Yeah, it's bad either way. It's just not good. It's. A silly, silly place to be. Uh, Principal Powers, played by Linda Carter, also known as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Very underutilized. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the budget <laughs> for yeah. Linda Carter in more than three scenes. Was it that, uh, or they just literally did not want to let women do like actual things that mattered? Probably both. I really hate how... All the women, like, and the director even says um, this weird line about, like, how in Sky High, he says, the girls are all smarter than the boys, and yet they're not allowed to do anything? Like, why is the Mm. protagonist a boy, then, Mm -hmm. if all the girls are better? I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'm just very frustrated. Principal Powers puts them in, like, the detention room, which turns off their powers. We don't know how this technology works. I don't know why it isn't installed in every room of this school. Oh my god, you're right. That could have even been a plot point. Like, what if Royal Pain, when she's taking over during prom, just turns off everyone's superpowers? Because she doesn't necessarily need to use her powers actively during, like, fighting stuff. She's already built all her gadgets. Yeah. Like, in the version of the movie where Will doesn't get superpowers, everyone turning, everyone getting their powers turned off, and Royal Pain being like, I'm still good because I've got my technology that I built, like, is just on an even playing field, basically, with Will now. Hell, you just wrote an amazingly better movie. That, like, not only does that actually make logical sense, considering how these mm-hmm. teachers weirdly just let the students, it feels like just let the students run around and use their powers on each other. I just don't understand how that's allowed. Um, yeah, that that person with ice powers, she killed those boys. They've been frozen for over a week. <laughs> they're dead. And their corpses are just thawing on the lawn. Are they, are they actually dead or are they just like, will they, can they be revived when they thought? What? I, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, they should have not been able to use their powers, except for maybe, like, the gym or something. Yeah. And, like, maybe part of the thing that they're learning at school is self-control and understanding context so that they don't blow their own secret identities later in life. Come on, people. You also, just in general, like, need to train without using your powers because sometimes your powers aren't applicable. Like, that's just basic logic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they get turned off. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has a kryptonite, guys. I'm so upset. That would have been so good. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. seething. <laughs> Let's rewrite this movie. Yeah, okay. So cafeteria scene. The fight mm-hmm. starts. And, you know, Will does, like, trip and stuff. And Warren tries to start a fight, but then, like, the cafeteria supervisor, which doesn't appear to exist in the actual movie. Like, I got watched like a hawk in the cafeteria growing up. (laughs) What's going on here? Yeah, true. (laughs) Again, the adults, so useless. I stood up to stretch once and got yelled at. Wait, what? what? I stood up to stretch and they were like, what are you standing up for? Sit back down. Lunch isn't over yet. Why can't you stand? What if you have to throw away your food or, like, grab a straw? Too bad. What? <laughs> okay, I was so a child. That's I was frightening. a thing to be controlled. I wasn't a person. I mean, my middle school was bad. Like, we weren't allowed to talk sometimes. If oh, no, we this were... was in high school. Oh, okay. That's even that's even worse. Okay. Yes. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry that you went through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm baffled. Okay. And then the cafeteria supervisor turns on the thing that turns everyone's powers off. And Will realizes, and like this could be foreshadowing, Will realizes, oh, I'm actually kind of on an even playing field with this guy because he doesn't have his fire powers. And you know, Warren throws a punch and he's probably a little more buff than Will because he's like a couple years older. Um, and he's sexy. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> punches get thrown like normal. I'm not disagreeing with you. You're right. <laughs> punches get thrown like a normal school fight. People start chanting. And then they get thrown in detention. And maybe they get to know each other in detention. Like, instead of the scene where Will comes home... And tells his parents that he got his superpowers. We get the two of them bonding a little bit. And Will genuinely apologizing. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not my dad. Also, I didn't mean to throw stuff on you. And Warren's just like, yeah, whatever. And then they kiss. (laughs) Not yet. They have to build up to that. (sighs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) They can't kiss in the second scene they're in together. Why not? Then Will can spend the whole movie having a crisis about it. (laughs) That's a movie. They could get, during the fight, their faces could get really close together. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Then we get, uh, you know, I think before this happens, no, before this happens, we get the scene where Will literally comes out to his dad as a sidekick. Oh, they're doing their sidekick homework and the commander comes home and he's like, hmm, these kids don't seem like hero material because we've got Zack who glows, Magenta who can shapeshift into a guinea pig. Adorable. And Ethan who melts into a puddle. He literally changes his, like, his, like, Newtonian structure. Like, I feel like that's kind of impressive. He changes from a solid into a liquid and can form back, like, it's almost instantaneous. But that's not flashy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then Layla, who we already talked about, and they're all, like, doing the study group thing. And their homework is, like, your hero needs something. How do you do that for your hero? Your hero is in danger. How do you save them so that they can do the actual saving of the day? And, uh... You know, his dad comes home and he's like, these kids don't seem like hero material. The, like, standards must have slipped. And Will's like, no, they're all sidekicks. And his dad's like, oh, good for you hanging out with the sidekicks. You know, 
I wouldn't have been brave enough to hang out with sidekicks when I was your age because your dad would have been real mad. Your grandpa would have been real mad at me. This movie wants to be an allegory for everything. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. (laughs) And Will finally is like, no, I'm, I'm a sidekick. And his dad immediately, he flies into a rage at this information. Oh, right. He thinks the school is, like, treating him like shit or, like, getting back at him, the dad or something. Yes. It's like, I'm going to go talk to that. Boomer must be holding a grudge against me. That's why they're mistreating you by putting you in the sidekick track. Yeah. So we know, like, people in this world are aware that being in the sidekick track sucks. Yeah. I mean, how couldn't you? Um, Yeah, that scene is so good and, like, interesting. And then it also just adds to how disappointing it later is when Will gets superpowers. It, like, undoes all of this interesting character work that we're doing right now. Yes. Like, oh, never mind. I guess my dad doesn't have to analyze anything about himself or grow as a person. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way that it sets sets it up literally like a coming out scene. Like, that's not how that works. You don't then become not gay. (laughs) (laughs) And I get that allegories aren't supposed to be, like, one-to-one like that. But still, it, like, you're right. It undoes the work that it did. Like, why are we here if he's just going to get superpowers? Why'd you waste all that time? Hmm? Why is it Layla, the main character, if he's just going to get superpowers? Yeah. Or War and Peace and his super cool parents. Mm-hmm. I want to know if he could visit his dad in prison. <laughs> I want to know if his dad and mom still talk. Like, yeah. How, do, how does that work? How did that work? I just later in the Chinese restaurant, he like speaks. I think it's Cantonese. Like the subtitles say, speaking in Cantonese. Um, mm. To, like, the other people working in that restaurant. My, how old was I when this movie came out? I was 10. My 10-year-old brain read him as biracial in because of that scene. I was like, ah, yes, representation. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense as a reading to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the actor who plays him is white. Yeah. Um, but I want to know if that's, like, his family's Chinese restaurant. Like, was he... The 14-year-old doing his homework in a booth a couple years ago, and now they have him waiting tables. I want to know. I mean, I feel like they just had him say that to make him seem more mysterious and sexy, but, like... Yes. <laughs> but this reading is better. How you go do, do Orientalism to a white guy? <laughs> how you go and exotify this white 17-year-old? <laughs> like, okay, movie. What a time. Yeah. (laughs) Again, if we had gotten, like, a Disney Channel original series or four more movies like we were supposed to, we could get. Because, like, he's probably going to graduate. He's definitely going to graduate before the rest of the cast. So, like, the second or third movie could just be about his senior year and being like, ah, yes, I have to deal with graduating and my parents' stuff and... Baron Battle breaks out of jail to attend the graduation ceremony and him and Will's dad have a moment. <gasps> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, we're sort of bouncing all over the place, but... Um, that seems fine to me. Like, yeah. this is the sort of movie that hopefully everyone is at least a little bit aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Just go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, despite all of its faults, I still enjoy it. It could be better. I want it to be better. <laughs> it's really good. War and Peace, for some reason, has chemistry with every single character he interacts with, which is incredibly mm-hmm. frustrating since they, like, do absolutely nothing with that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Will does say in his, like, little epilogue that he and Warren are best friends now, but other than them bonding at homecoming... We don't really see them. See yeah, them. that's such a cheap like thing to do and not actually show us them really 
bonding and like what their dynamic as best friends would even be. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see Warren have a good time hanging out with friends. Yeah, he doesn't he- seem to have any friends of his own. Probably because he's ostracized in this highly stratified society, despite having a cool superpower and presumably being in the hero track. Because his dad is a supervillain and everyone knows that, he doesn't have any friends. Yeah, I mean, the whole cafeteria literally bursts out laughing when he gets slammed into a concrete pillar and potentially, like, broke his spine. Yeah. That's, it's just a bad reaction. It's a bad dynamic. So yeah, I wanted I wanted to see him like actually be friends and not just be told that. That's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Again, if we got a little scene of them like chatting in detention. Breakfast club these boys, damn it. Yeah. Oh. So are we saying this movie should be more like the breakfast club? <laughs> yes. Is that the way to fix it? This movie should be up, up, and away, but the breakfast club. <laughs> I would watch that so fast. Um, we haven't talked about Ron Wilson bus driver yet. I love Ron Wilson bus driver with my whole heart, and they Who doesn't? Yeah. How did they betray him? Okay, so, after he gets launched, after Will gets launched into a concrete pillar during power placement, he goes to the school nurse, and the school nurse is like, yeah, it's actually really common for people with two superpowered parents to not end up getting superpowers at all. In fact, Ron Wilson, bus driver, has two superpowered parents and he has no powers. The movie, in the epilogue, then gives mm. Ron Wilson, bus driver, powers. And it's like it's doubling down on the whole, you know that system that we set up? Yeah, it's right. The way to beat it is to become, is just to become a part of the elevated class. Yeah. This is making it really hard for me not to actually hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with literary analysis. It's you just all such a bad message. Yeah. Even without like diving deep into it, this is such a bad message. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you teaching the little kids that are watching this movie now? Exactly. Um, sh- should we talk about Gwen? <laughs> oh. Okay, so this movie has a plot. It's not just themes and vibes and good characters that we love. It also has a plot. And her name is Gwen Tennyson. Is that? She has a last name? I didn't even know she had a last name. She has two last names. Uh, She's Gwen Tennyson in the present day. And the first time that she went through high school, her name was Sue Tenney. What a name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, uh, no. uh, Gwen Grayson. Ah. I guess Tennyson would have been a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, okay, that sounds more familiar. Mm -hmm. When Will gets placed in the uh, hero track, he gets to go to mad science class. Presumably the sidekick kids don't get to learn about mad science. That's bullshit. That doesn't make Um, any sense to me, because that feels like a very hero support type thing to know, right? Yes. To, like, work on weapons for the hero? This logic is insane. And, like, it's not supposed, again, it's not supposed to make sense, but the ways in which it doesn't make sense are so egregious and, like, it's maddening. Yeah, there's no consistency with it. But, like, mad science is cool, and therefore the psychics don't get to participate. Yeah, that's it. Um, but he gets paired with uh, Gwen Grayson, who is, like, a senior or a junior and is in this freshman class as a TA, as, like, uh, teaching assistant for he this actress th- actress this actor is famous I know this Hang Mary on. Elizabeth have... Winstead no the we're te- not talking oh the teacher Professor Medulla who is played by Kevin McDonald oh um yeah he Gwen is in this class they get paired together uh machinations wheels within wheels. <laughs> Um, she's a technopath, which means that she can, like, okay, so technopath, (laughs) like telepath, would mean that she can communicate with technology. What Mm -hmm. she does is actually technokinesis, like telekinesis, meaning she manipulates technology. She doesn't 
communicate with the freezeroid that they're making in class. She just builds it. You think this movie that ignores its own story in the third act is going to care about that? I think that this podcast is a list of grievances, and at the (laughs) bottom is the phrase, that's not what technopath means. Technopath sounds so much cooler, though, and that's what it's really about. I think technokinetic sounds cool. Mm, Less cool, though. (laughs) Technokinesis. Especially for, like, little kids who are listening to this movie. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's kind of weird that she's like a TA and presumably a senior in the school and mm-hmm. Will's a freshman. I, like, when I was thinking of age gaps, I even consider that on the surface mm-hmm. level. Like, that's already yes, kind it, of weird. Yes. If you're a freshman in high school right now and a senior is showing romantic interest in you, no. Yeah, Run. no. Run away. Kick him in the knees. <laughs> Gwen Grayson as we sort of hinted at before, is the semi-reincarnated form of Royal Pain, a supervillain from who used to be the commander in Jetstream's arch nemesis. Reincarnated doesn't feel like the right word here. Yeah, the thing that happened was she made a gun that if you shoot it at someone, they become a baby. And that gun blew up during a fight. And she became a baby. And her, like, Harley Quinn-alike sidekick raised her. And now she's going through puberty again and has a, is attending her alma mater. Where, in a time in which people understand her powers better. And therefore she isn't stuck in sidekick class. Like, her whole backstory is, the system mistreated me because it didn't understand me and didn't know how to handle people like me. Like, two inches to the left and Will and Layla could just be Royal Pain 2.0. Yeah, she should have been trying to recruit them, honestly. Yeah. But instead, she's like, bought into the system and so is using its abuses to her advantage. Like, she's only recruited people from the hero track. She actively, like, isolates Will from his sidekick friends. She does the mistreatment that she, like, received. And is, like, perpetuating the cycle of violence. And that's how you know that she's the villain. Her character could have been really cool and interesting. Yes. And her, like, villain suit is badass. Yes. Amazing. Great design choices. Mm-hmm. And her, um, her, like, she used, like, a vocoder to disguise her voice, and she's voiced by Patrick Warburton. And we love that for her. (laughs) I really hate the pacifier, though, as a weapon. Can I just say, for the record, that it's so stupid. Because it turns people into babies. It's just- That you then have to raise. Her plan is to raise 25 children. Yeah, it- It doesn't make sense, and there are just so many easier ways to do so many things. Suitably megalomaniacal, like this, I can understand and forgive. Mm. So much easier than any of the sins committed by like the infrastructure of Sky High, because this is exactly the kind of shit that a comic book supervillain would come up with and execute. Like I understand. Like that's a good point, and you're right. But because of it, we have to ask questions like, how predatory is it that this woman who's technically, like, as old as Will's parents, but, like, is she as old as Will's parents? Like, what actually is the age? It's just very weird. This is an Edward Cullen situation. This is an Edward (sighs) Cullen situation. Like, it doesn't matter how chiseled your abs are. It matters how many times you've been around the sun. And if you've been around the sun (laughs) 40 plus times, you don't need to be messing with that high school freshman. Yeah. This is the real reason she's the bad guy. Not any of that other shit. And they just, and they don't like at all dive into, probably because they don't want to deal with what it actually means. Because this movie Mm -hmm. isn't uh, deep enough for that. Yeah. But it's incredibly gross and confusing. The line that Will has when he realizes that Royal Pain and like, he originally thinks that Gwen Grayson is Sue Teddy's daughter, 
when he realizes that they are the same person, he goes, oh my god, I made out with an old lady. Yeah. And that's the only acknowledgement that we get. Like, yeah, you did make out with an old lady. That old lady should be in jail for this stuff. More importantly, the old lady made out with a child. Yes. Disgusting. We haven't talked that much about Mr. Boy. Um, He teaches, he's presumably the only teacher that the sidekick kids have. He's at the very least the freshman homeroom teacher for the sidekick track. Played by Dave Foley. Brilliant character actor. He is like Burt Ward's Robin in the Adam West Batman series by way of the plucky sidekick version of Bucky Barnes. Like the the U.S. propaganda version of Bucky Barnes as All-American Boy. But why is his last name Boy? Like, do these people change (laughs) their last names legally? (laughs) I don't know. Because that's incredibly weird. Nominative determinism. They're like My Little Pony characters. Ugh. (laughs) Also, Wikipedia says that Will's mom is an expert in hand-to-hand combat. Where? Yes. Well, she... Well, he says that in the little um, prologue bit. And she also does fighty stuff. I feel like I deserved more of that. Yes, we all did. Chiefly, (laughs) she did. (laughs) Yeah, I felt really bad for uh, Mr. Boy in this movie. (laughs) His first name is Jonathan. We could call him Jonathan if you want. (laughs) No, it's fine. I've committed to Mr. Boy. I'm just going to be disgusted. Um, Because he literally talks about how, like, he was pushed aside and ignored by his uh, hero partner after Mm -hmm. he got married and, like, his part got replaced, basically. Mm -hmm. Will has never met this man, despite him and his dad working together for years. And he thinks he's, like, he just assumes that Will knows all about him. And his dad Mm -hmm. literally never mentioned him, ever. Mm -hmm. That's so heartbreaking. And we do not really resolve this by the end of the movie. Well, no, they have that moment in, uh, at the very end where, like, the three of them sort of talk and reconcile a little bit. Like, that's how we're supposed to read that. That didn't feel like a resolution to me, though, for this issue. Like, him just being like, oh, you're doing good as a teacher of sidekicks at this school. And then that's kind of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Where's the, I'm sorry for being a piece of shit? Where is that? Yeah. Kurt Russell. No one apologizes in this movie. This is not a I'm sorry movie. This is a you are heroes movie. Because they, okay, Glenn Grayson's evil plan is to get uh, Jetstream and the Commander to present an award at homecoming uh, for hero of the year. No, they're not presenting it. They're receiving an award for hero of the year or whatever. And she traps everyone in the gym and starts turning them into babies. It felt weird to me that the parents still went to this dance, even though their son decided not to go. Yeah, well, they they at least feel weird about it. They say, like, I don't know if we should do this. At the very know. least. Yeah. I just, yeah. Their parents, especially the dad, just, they feel like terrible parents to me. Mm-hmm. And the movie by the end tries to be like, no, it's fine now. They made up for it. But they didn't, actually. No. Not even a little bit. They don't even say I'm sorry. Like, no. how how can the two greatest super... I know this is the whole plot. But how can the two greatest superheroes of all time, along with a room full of other top superheroes, presumably since they're teachers at this school... Mm-hmm. allow this to happen they are so useless in this scene when she starts turning people into babies mm-hmm. and then they um, never but... acknowledge that yeah Hate they it. do sort of they go well the sidekick saved us so they deserve this fake award that Gwen grayson made up like that's the thing is that um we they like pay lip service to the idea that the system is supposedly broken down they're like these aren't sidekicks these are real heroes and it's like no You're still doing the label thing. Abolish the system. Yeah, they turn it into a celebratory moment instead of an apologetic moment for being complete and utter failures. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what? In Up, Up, and Away is an apology. I love that. We love apologies. (laughs) 
love it when parents admit they were wrong when they were wrong. I guess Will does kind of apologize to his friends mm-hmm. for like yes, ignoring he, them a little bit. Yeah, because he gets put in hero in the hero track and he gets isolated from his peers both by the system and actively by Gwen Grayson and accidentally starts mistreating them. Like he doesn't want to. Um, but like his new friends are bullying his old friends and he's like caught in the middle. And so he has this big moment where he makes a big speech about how much he loves them and he never wants to abandon them again and him and Layla kiss and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That is good. That's good shit. Love to Mm -hmm. see our protagonist admit that he did something hurtful, even if he didn't do it on purpose. But none of the adults ever take responsibility for anything. No, that's just realism, baby. Okay, well, I mean, you're not (laughs) wrong. (laughs) It's just really frustrating because we're supposed to, like, be applauding and supportive of, like, Will's parents. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how the movie frames it, anyway. They go through the motions, but do nothing to actually convince us that things will be different tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, all those kids just go back to sidekick class on Monday. Yeah. Like, maybe this is what the second movie is about, you know? Also, another question. What even Mm -hmm. are the heroes learning in their classes? Because when (laughs) Layla fights the cheerleaders, the cheerleaders Mm -hmm. have a name, and I can find it. like many. Oh, God, I hate that. Okay. (laughs) When Layla fights all of the pennies. She has the ability to replicate herself, to be clear. Yes. And they are incapable of fighting Layla. The best she can do is, like, this little wimpy slap. She doesn't even know how to throw Mm -hmm. a punch. Why is no one teaching Mm -hmm. this girl how to throw a punch? How is she supposed to become a superhero? Exactly, because there's no individualized instruction in this very heavily individualized field. Like, her strategy seems to be make a bunch of copies of myself and overwhelm the opposition and throw in some very good, like, I am a teenage girl who is a bully dialogue in order to throw them off. And that's her only strategy. That's it. And so when Layla, someone who exists outside of the system in which Penny thrives actually attacks with her powers she is completely helpless they are setting these kids up to be completely helpless if someone toes over the line even a little bit super frustrating because her power is really cool and could be really useful mm-hmm. what else do we have to talk about with this movie we need to talk about save the citizen and how that's fucked up <laughs> oh god i forgot about that Gym class is practicing a hostage situation in which some of the children play the hostage takers and some of them play the superheroes, stopping them from taking hostages and killing them. How is this allowed? You are actively encouraging the creation of supervillains. I mean, what? I, I don't think, like, on a surface level this concept is necessarily bad. I think it should be reserved only for seniors or something. Yes, people have definitely died doing this. Yeah, and they make it a lot more seriously dangerous. Like, why not create fake danger? Like, oh, if you step here, you're dead, but it's just like a piece of paper on the floor. You know what I mean? But they like create actual situations where these children freshman children they just started this is like their first gym class presumably could literally die Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah insane and like lash and speed are said to have this unbroken like streak on this they win as the villains every single week why is that allowed that's not fair on like a very fundamental dealing with children in a sports situation level That is not fair. More than that, it doesn't make sense. Why are they always playing the villains? The only Mm -hmm. way this works is if you go back and forth and switch up the teams and everyone gets a chance to do everything. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, again, you are encouraging the creation of supervillains. The one thing you're not supposed to do. 
And like, maybe this is like a superhero industrial complex type thing where like they know they need villains in order to be superheroes, you know? But the one, the movie doesn't say that. And two, that's fucked up. (laughs) In a better movie, that's like the antagonist. Part of the compl- uh, of the conflict. Yeah, we yeah. get rid of uh, Gwen entirely. <laughs> Replace no, I her like with Gwen. This. No, but they ruin her. They made her really bad and predatory. Yes. Well, if she doesn't do the romantic thing, then she's fine. That's literally the only like actual moral problem with her. Okay. I mean, I also would like maybe if they didn't do the de aging thing because it just creates a lot of like weird situations. Personally, I just think it's weird. No, I, I think it's fine. I mean, maybe you give her like a scene with her minions where she's like, stop talking to me like that. I'm 40, you know? Maybe. Or maybe she gets to say the quiet part out loud with the whole superhero industrial complex thing. Maybe she's like, why is this happening, my fellow adults? You are manufacturing supervillains the same way that you manufactured me as a villain. The system is working as intended because people come out of this school, they graduate and become evil. Yeah, that's too deep for this movie, but yeah. But it could be that deep. I have a shovel and the ground (laughs) is soft. It's incredibly soft in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So the big, like, set piece of this movie, the way that it hammers the point home as much as it can after all of that bad will that it sowed, ha, bad will, um, <laughs> is that during Homecoming, Gwen traps everyone in the gym and the sidekicks and Warren and Will are all able to escape. And, like, Will meets up with them after getting a ride from Ron Wilson bus driver. Because Ron Wilson was like, you're Will Stronghold. Anytime you need a ride somewhere, I will fire up the bus and I'll come get you. And so we have this demonstration of like, Ron Wilson isn't useless just because he's disabled. He has a skill. He has something that he contributes to society. He's a person. Is he a person though? Uh, yes. Because Ron literally... Wilson bus driver is in fact my favorite person. <laughs> No, I love him too, but I was just, just as you were saying, like, talking about him just now, I was thinking, like, he literally is only existing to drive these kids to and from school, like, and he literally said, I will drop everything to help you, 14-year-old child, whenever you need me. Does he not have a life? (laughs) Does he have no one to go home to? Does he have hobbies? I worried about him. This is the folly of the side character. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Continue. Because I want him to have hobbies because I care about him. Right. Because, okay, Ron Wilson bus driver, our beloved, gets <laughs> Will to the school. Will reconciles with his friends. He has his moment with Layla. And then they find out. Then uh, Penny gets uh, demobilized by Layla. Lash and Speed get demobilized by Ethan. I think it's just Ethan because Lash gets tripped up and... Then um, they go into the bathroom. No, Speed gets tripped up because he turns into a puddle and just trips this man with super strength, with super speed. <laughs> and like they go into like they chase him into the bathroom and he like puts Lash's head in the toilet because you know they've been swirling him all semester and he can't get out, so they're immobilized. He potentially drowns in this toilet, yes. Potentially drowns in this toilet, yes. That's really glossed over. They could have murdered this person. Mm-hmm. Continue. Um, <laughs> Layla finds out that Royal Payne has attached a bomb to the thing that makes the school fly. And so they need to get to this bomb, which means... Oh, before this, they needed to go through the, the vents, the ducts, to get out of the gym. Zack glows to light the way. They need to get to the bomb. The only access to it is very small. Who do we know who can get small? Her name is Magenta and she's adorable. Her as a guinea pig is so... Her little guinea pig voice. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She gets to the bomb. She can gnaw through some wires. Like, this is the thing that the movie wants you to remember about itself. It's that everyone was able to save the day by using their individual superpowers even though they're not flashy and impressive. And like, if Will got a moment like this, because 
Gwen turned everyone's powers off in the gym, it would be even better. Like, genuinely, the sequence is very good, and I like it. It would be better if Will could participate if he didn't have superpowers. Yeah, instead he learns he can also fly, and it's just, it's so over the top, it genuinely feels like a slap to the face to the audience. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember all that stuff you just internalized about the themes of our movie? Ha ha ha. Just, like, we get this important emotional coming out scene where he tells his parents he doesn't have superpowers and then he turns around and it feels like it's not too long after that scene he turns around and goes lol never mind and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden his parents start treating him differently and they're like "Ooh, now we can introduce you to all this like cool superhero stuff and tell you about our legacy it is just why could he not be involved in these things before it's just it's very gross Mm -hmm. and like ron wilson's involvement in this sequence proves that you don't need superpowers to be effective because he saves the babies like stitches is loading everyone into a bus and he's like you are not authorized to transport superpower superheroes that's my job ron wilson bus driver and he like punches snitch's lights out and it's great that's what we wanted for will (laughs) yes and if the two of them could parallel each other more it would be better but instead they do parallel each other exactly because ron wilson gets superpowers what a disappointment The thing that I wrote in my essay was the solution to the chronic conflict present throughout all of Sky High is for members of an oppressed social class to simply become the higher social class. That's such, like, that's such an easy answer, too. Like, that's so Mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. It's narratively uninteresting. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that everything? Um, I think so. Feels like everything. Yeah, feels like the important stuff. My heart rate's really elevated. <laughs> Why? Because you love Sky High? Because I, cause I love Sky High so much and I want it to be better. Yes. <laughs> I'm literally a superhero scholar. <laughs> and it could have been so good. We could have had it. Uh, and it has like such good reviews too. Mm-hmm. Because you watch it when you're 10 and you don't think that hard about it. Well, presumably the critics reviewing it weren't 10, but I see what you Yeah. <laughs> we can say things that we we like about this movie. I like Magenta and Zack as both as individuals and as a couple. I like that all of Will Will and all of his friends have a specific color palette to them. Oh, I didn't think about that. Mhm. Zack is wearing that highlighter yellow color in every scene. Yeah. I mean, that fits with his personality too, though. It has some surprisingly good actors in it. Some Mm -hmm. big names. Yeah, the performances are all really good, both by the big names and the like teen superheroes or teen characters. Yeah, this is uh the War and Pieces actor. This is like his first acting role. Is it? Yeah. Rat. And he did great. He did do great. You can find the show at ButIsIt underscore gay on Twitter. Our theme song is thanks to Enoff, E-N-O-F-F, music on Instagram. Autumn, are you on the internet? I am occasionally on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Rad. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay gay. Stay gay.